This week right here, what we're getting ready to do, as you see on the board behind me, is this, this, this progression that God has taken me on. He's taken a lot of us on and we're wanting all of us to jump on board and to go through this progression. It's an everyday journey. Today I'm going to talk about, I'm moving from our worth and identity, very cautiously, mind you, very cautiously, am I moving beyond worth and identity. Because I told you a couple weeks ago, even last week, I could teach on worth and identity for the rest of my ministry, and many of us would still struggle on Monday morning. But very cautiously, I am moving to the calling section of this progression. I need you to hear me say something very carefully. Listen very carefully. I am not getting ready to tell you that this is the message where you go and do things. Because I know that there's some of us in this very room and some that are going to be here in the next service that you have been waiting for this message. You have been waiting for, okay, this is where he's going to tell me what to do, what I get to do and and how I do it. And he's even going to, because he's a preacher, pepper in some things you cannot do. I know how to spell identity, I just didn't have room. If we listen to what I'm getting ready to say from an unhealthy understanding of how worthy you are and your identity is only found in Jesus Christ, if we listen to what I'm getting ready to say for the next 30 minutes or so, from an unhealthy perspective of this, you're going to leave here wanting to go and do things. Some of you may even leave here feeling inadequate. Some of you may leave here and you start comparing yourself to other people. That's why it is imperative that we have a very solid understanding and it cannot be done under the flesh. It has to be a renewing of the mind. We have to think differently than we've ever thought before under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Our mind has to be renewed. We have to think on a whole nother plane. And we have to understand that it is only because of our Father choosing us that we are worthy. And Jesus Christ's performance on the cross that identifies us, we have to grasp that. Because if we look at calling as it is a profession If we are only called to go in the ministry, we will miss this morning's teaching altogether. And there's going to be a little slide on the screen that says this. Calling is not about a profession. It is about an assignment. All right? 
in the church, even with me, over like nine years before God really started to just pour out his Holy Spirit into my life, I was always pumping the brakes when it came to my calling. I was just, I was, I was nervous. I was afraid. I remember when I was called into ministry, it was in 2003 in December, I was working, helping at a youth conference. God says something to me that I had never heard him say before. He was calling me into the ministry. He wasn't calling me to be a pastor. He wasn't calling me to be a preacher. He was just calling me for an assignment. And my assignment is that for some reason that I still don't know, I am a part of leading a church. But it wasn't, hey, Scott, I want you to go and to be a preacher. He was just making his assignment very clear to me. And even past that in 2003, all the way up to 2009, I was always a little overcautious. I'll just say it. I was fearful of making a wrong move. And I think that that is one of the ploys of the enemy to keep God's children very inactive. There are some of you in this place today that you have the same assignment that I do. But the enemy has caused fear to grip you to you staying where you are. Very inactive, immobile, afraid of receiving the wrong calling. I want to clear up all confusion with your calling today. I I think a lot of us are even using prayer as an excuse. Listen, we have to stop sitting around praying. We have to stop that. We have to stop sitting around praying. And some of you are already taken back. What do you mean? Okay, we've used prayer as an excuse to be very inactive and not very powerful. We've got to stop sitting around praying. Have you, and listen, the baby boomers will get this. If you're my age, 42 and younger, you'll, you'll get this. But if you're about 25 and younger, unless you're a sports fan, you will have no idea. Do you remember back in, I think it was 1984, when NC State beat Houston in the NCAA finals, one of the best games other than this past year's Carolina debacle. That was awful, and I hate to bring up any of that for Carolina fans. But NC State, you remember they were super underdogs to Houston, uh, Houston, what's, what's their, what? Houston, huh? Cougars, Cougars, there you go. I was, getting, I was thinking of Kim Olajuwon in his future. He was a rocket. But they were underdogs. And, and NC State, at the last second, did this miraculous alley-oop that was not intended to be an alley-oop, but they won the game. But that was awesome. But do you remember what Jim Valvano, the coach of NC State, did? I got a clip of it I want to show you. He's in the gray jacket running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I want you to watch this little clip. It's down to seven seconds. You can see the time. Wittenberg. Oh, it's a long way. They won it. There he is. On the dunk. Just looking for somebody to hug on. We've got to stop sitting and praying. We need to start moving and praying just like that. I need you to leave this place today. You can leave right now. If you're going to act like that, in Jesus' name, you can leave right now. All right? That's what we need. But we've used prayer and fear of going to miss this thing a little bit to be inactive and very powerless, and that's what Satan wants. 
from the youngest in this room to the oldest in this room, I want you, I am actually imparting on you. That just means giving you. I want to give you the green light to run around this community just like that in Jesus' name, loving on people. And if you do that, you're not going to have time to sit and pray. You're going to be running and praying because some of the places and people God is getting ready to send you. Cool? We'll get there. We'll get there. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. Okay, we'll get there. Some of us have allowed fear to keep us from moving in our assignment. What's your assignment? What's my assignment? It's the same. The assignment is this, and I'm going to, this is going to be the umbrella that we're going to unpack and work under for the next couple of weeks. Your assignment is very simple. Your assignment is twofold. It is to host the Holy Spirit. And I could stop right there because that's where I'm going to focus this morning. But it is to host the Holy Spirit. And it is also to say yes to the Father. That's your assignment. Well, Scott, that's not very profound. Listen, you guys are the one who have been making this very hard for the last 100 or 200 years. It is that simple. Your assignment is to host the Holy Spirit and say yes to the Father. Host the Holy Spirit and say yes to the Father. Your calling is not about your profession. It's about your assignment And that is your assignment. Well, Scott, I need something more than that. I told you I cautiously move forward because some of us in this room, we struggle with this. And if we struggle with this, we're never going to accept our simple assignment. Just some caution here. Before we go into Acts, it's a good place to go when we talk about hosting the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. Acts chapter, let's start in verse chapter 1. For those of you, and I'm going to just maybe call out a couple of the caution flags, red flags, whatever you want to call them. Your profession may change. Your profession may change because of... Maybe your gifts start to change. Your profession may change because you have more birthdays. Your profession may change because truly you start to walk in this understanding. And really and truly money is just not that important to you anymore. The dollar bill, your paycheck doesn't drive you anymore. You're not hanging your worth and identity on how many zeros are in your check. And so your profession may change. Some of you currently are undergoing a profession change, but your assignment never will. If your profession changes and you go into a deep, dark hiding or depression, can I just tell you in a loving kind of way, we've got to go back to your worth and your identity. Another just flag that I see a lot of times is people who um, have a comparison mentality. And you are constantly comparing yourself to other people. You like what they do. You like what they drive. 
You like who they are with. You like where, uh, you name it. And you are under the influence of a comparison mentality. You may not quite fully grasp how worthy you are because of God. Your calling does not affect your worth or your identity. That's why these two are imperative. These two never change. Whether you're sitting at the penthouse making all the decisions, these two do not change if you're sitting in the deepest, darkest hole in Haiti. These do not change. Your profession does not affect these And your assignment never changes. So I cautiously say that what I'm getting ready to share over about the next 20 minutes, under the influence of the Holy Spirit and only under the influence of the Holy Spirit, this is what is going to happen. Yes, and I will say it, and we'll walk through this later. Brent will teach on this on more Monday. This is what we are going to be about, and yes, very cautiously, I say, do. This is the action part of understanding your worth and your identity. See, I cautiously say that is because the church has been under the influence of a performance-based mentality for hundreds of years, and we've got to get away from performance-based mindsets. You're accepted, you're loved, you're perfect because the God, the Father chose you and Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, okay? You don't have to go do anything to add to that. But once you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, hosting him well, you're going to produce. And that's here where we are this morning. Your assignment is this, host the Holy Spirit. Let's turn into Acts chapter uh, one. Acts chapter one. And this is good. Let's, let's grasp this. I'm going to walk through this slowly because I'm still unpacking this with you in my understanding. Acts 1-4. Pastor Bradley preached a couple of months ago on a message about waiting. Remember, he had the bucket here and he sat on it. And, and, and this was what he preached from. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On an occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus was eating. This is awesome. Listen, you've got to understand this. Like Jesus was eating after he had been raised from the dead. I, I love that. I just think that's phenomenal. I don't think, I think he was hungry. I don't think he was just going through the motions. I think he was eating. And see, a lot of times because we just see this as old and boring and we're thrown, and like people are throwing this at you. I, I want you to read this hosting the Holy Spirit well, like housing the Holy Spirit well, and you're going to be blown away by that one simple statement. On occasion, Jesus was eating with them after he'd been raised from the dead. All right, that wasn't in the sermon. Here it is. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. And he is talking about the Holy Spirit coming. Now, we've got to grasp this. We've got to understand that that these men that he was eating with and talking to had been with him for three years. They had been side by side with Jesus. They had been walking, seeing, smelling, hearing all that Jesus was doing. 
all the miracles, all the healings, all the people being brought back to life, all of that stuff, these men were firsthand witnesses to what was going on. And I don't know about you, but I think that would be enough for the equipping side of things. Right? I would think that they had what they needed. But obviously they didn't. They obviously did not have what Jesus wanted them to have. And that's why he told him, he said, hey guys, I need you to go back to Jerusalem. Which is a place that we're trying to go back to a year from now in February of 2018. till you can actually go see Jerusalem with your own eyes. It's still there. It's an amazing place. He told these guys, I need you to go back to Jerusalem. And I need you to wait there. Because I'm going to give you what my father has promised you. And that's the Holy Spirit. See, some of us. Maybe because we've never been told. Maybe because we preachers have not articulated this very well. But it is possible to be a Christian. And to go about your daily life under the influence, not of the Holy Spirit, but under the influence of your flesh. That's you. Your flesh is you. Your mind, your will, your way. It is possible as a Christ follower to go about your day as you would like to go about your day and not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. How is this possible, Scott? I don't know fully. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. But if the guys who spent three years side by side with Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, then I promise you, I need the Holy Spirit. You see, that's part of your assignment. Can I tell you what the world doesn't need? And I, I, I've moved recently, and I'm, don't judge me for what I'm getting ready to say, but I'm 42 years old, and I'm living with my parents. Well, they have cable, and I didn't, so I'm thinking that's an up. But now I'm watching Fox News, but I'm also trying to balance it and watch CNN. This world is a mess. I quickly have to turn it over to DIY or ESPN or the Golf Channel or the Comedy Network. There's thousands of channels out there that I had no idea were even out there. It's amazing. And I don't even have to pay for it. It's awesome. (laughs) What this world does not need is more of our flesh. What our schools need, and not more of our students operating under the influence of the flesh. You know what your school needs is someone operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Part of your assignment, the most important part of your assignment, because you cannot fully say yes to the Father without being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. Part of your assignment is to host. Allow the Holy Spirit control of every thought, every word, every action, and every deed. That's what it means to host the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, hey guys, you just wait in Jerusalem. And in verse 8, go ahead and skip down to verse 8. 
I'm going to skip down there for time's sake, but you will receive power. I love that word. And I love that word power, not from the fleshly perspective, but I love that from a kingdom perspective, influenced by the Holy Spirit, because when you have power and you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to abuse it. What we see now is the abuse of power under the flesh. People want to do it. It feels good. We do it. If we don't get our way, we go whatever. We see power that is not restrained under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, just look around you today. It's Sunday. Just look around you today and you will see authority and power that is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's rampant. And I'm not preaching against the ones who are doing those things. No, I'm not here to combat what they're doing. I'm not here to say, stop it. What I'm here to do is to my brothers and sisters who love Jesus and who are starting to grasp that God made them worthy and Jesus is their identity. I need us to start going. Not under the influence of our flesh, but Christ's followers. Listen, I'm not speaking to anyone, anybody else in the room, but Christ's followers. He said that he gave those guys power. He gave us the same power. And listen, here's the just flat out facts. As many of us in this room, we know, we know what it looks like to operate under the flesh. I was called into ministry in 2003. I didn't tell anyone until about mid-2004. I was ashamed. I, I was ashamed. You know why I was ashamed? It's because I was basing my calling off of the former ways of my life. I was ashamed to tell anybody. 2004, I started to do the procedure that I thought that was, I was just being led really well. And 2005, I started to pastor this church. pastored a church from 2005 to about 2013 under the influence of the flesh. You want to talk about abusing grace. I was abusing grace. You can abuse grace. That's why it's grace because it has no end. I was operating as a Christ follower assigned to preach the word of God from 2005 to about 2013 under the influence of my flesh. That's grace. But look what I've discovered. And what I have discovered is a gold mine. What I have discovered is a limitless power. What I have discovered, when you put grace and power together, then you have the life of Jesus. This community, and only this one, I haven't gone outside of this one yet, doesn't need more of your flesh. But it needs the grace of God. And the power of the Holy Spirit so that every single one of us Christ followers can go live like Jesus. That's what this world needs. It's grace and it's power. And that's what's going to change the world.
You see, we've got to learn how to house, host, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And here's something very practical. Here's something that happens very practical. It's an everyday choice. For some of us like me, it's going to be an every decision, every moment choice to operate under the influence of the flesh or under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so some of us in this room, we just like to know, okay, what is next? What happens when I am under the influence of the Holy Spirit? If I'm hosting the Holy Spirit well, what happens? Turn to Galatians chapter 5. I'm not writing this stuff. This is just coming straight from God. He inspired a man by the name of Paul. I mean, Paul was killing people back in his earlier life. I was just doing a lot of gambling and crooked stuff. So I'm not as bad as Paul. That's what we do, right? We compare. Galatians. This is Paul. This guy was killing people. He gets under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and look at what he says. This is amazing. Uh, uh, Galatians 5, 22. Here's what's going to happen. And can I just be very honest? I, I'm not completely there. Some of you are going to beat yourself up, and some of you are going to poke your spouse. Don't do that. This is a journey of learning to host the presence of God really well. Here's a tip. This is free. Some of us in this room, we just need to slow down in our decision making. We need to slow down in our responses. We need to slow down when it comes to reacting. Slow down. Slow down. Because from experience, the faster I react, the faster I respond, and the faster I speak, most of the time, it's under the influence of the flesh, even though I have been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Slow down. Slow down. Because if we will take a breath, relax, and allow Holy Spirit to control Genesis or Genesis, whew, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is the do part. Very cautiously I say that. This is the performance part. This is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This is what other people are going to pick from your tree. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Your assignment, your calling is to host the presence and power of God, Holy Spirit. And that is what this world will see. So if you need to go and do something, if you need to go and perform a way, that's how it's done 
under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You guys good for just a few more minutes? I'm having to surround myself and not many people know this. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you in March, we're going to talk about your money. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and cast this seed out here right now. We owe $2 million on this building and I want in 2017 to pay off this building. Okay. That's $2 million in this year. And some of you are like, what? My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills that those cattle are on. And did you even know that he owns the space that those hills are on? And so that's the vision. That's just, I cast it out. I am for the first time in my life out of personal debt. It's freedom. And I want every single one of you to operate under that. But at the same time, God has told me to surround myself and allow people to pray for me who are actually living under an anointing of generosity and freedom. And I have a friend of mine who was an intercessor and he prays for me and my family specifically for wise financial decisions. I have another friend of mine who is also an intercessor and he prays for me for wisdom and knowledge See, I didn't tell you the story about me trying to go to seminary because I heard God wrong. I heard God wrong once, twice, a hundred times, and he still has not zapped me dead. So start running around like Jim Valvano and pray, and God will take you to where he wants you to go. But I have another intercessor who prays for my knowledge and wisdom again because I did not go to seminary. I did for three days. And because it was online, I could not take my computer to play golf and Brown knows my computer. That's how I got through college the first time. So what I need is to surround myself with intercessors who will literally pray for God's wisdom to be poured out on me. I have this other friend, and this is why I'm telling you this story. I have another friend. He is an intercessor. He doesn't come to this church. He actually pastors another church in the area. You mean you talk to other pastors in this area? Yes. We're on the same team. We're here to host the presence of God really well and go say yes to Father every time he says say. So this other pastor, and he is literally the most gentle, soft-spoken. I can't even hear him. Pastor Bradley has bad hearing from an accident years ago working on an exploding car. Oh, you weren't working on the exploding car. It exploded while you were working on the car, right? And he's not a mechanic. He's a fireman. <laughs> That would have been awesome if you'd have been, well. He, his hearing is messed up. And so and we hang out with this guy quite a bit and you can't even hear him talk. He's just so soft-spoken. But he's so full of the Holy Spirit. And he's so gentle. And so I went to him and I said, hey, Scotty, I, I, listen, I need you, man, to impart some of that gentleness on me. Because my flesh is not gentle. I have a cage fighter. MMA, martial art champion flesh. So I say, hey man, Scotty, I need you. Would you impart some of your gentleness upon me? And so I'm just starting to go to my brothers and sisters who I see operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit and they're helping me along the way by praying for me and setting the example.
See, part of your assignment is just to host the Holy Spirit really well. And I'm not going to preach the second part of this message. We'll just pick up here next week. But I want to just leave this in your thought process. Jesus, Son of God, got to a place in his life where he did not want to do what the Father told him to do. You probably didn't know that. He did. He got to a place where he said, hey, hey God, I'm going to paraphrase it. In, in our scripture, what he says is, hey, God, hey, Father, will you please take this cup from me? What he was saying is, hey, God, I don't want to go and die on the cross. That's what he said. But he said, but hey, hey, Dad, it's not about me. Whatever you want, Dad, that's what I want. He said, take this cup from me. But yet not my will, but your will be done. And I'm just going to drop this on you. And I'm going to make some of you very uncomfortable because you're going to want to talk about this. You don't need to talk to me about this any more than what I'm getting ready to say. You need to go ask the Father the answer to this question. Hey, Father, what does it look like for me to say yes to you? See, that's our, all of our assignment is to host the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of God really well. And then say yes to the Father. Just say yes to the Father. That's exactly what Jesus did. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he was able to fight through what he wanted. And he said, whatever you want, Dad, yes. There are some of us in this very room that the Lord in this preparation for this week put your face into my mind. And I'm not going to look at you right now in the face, but there are some of you in this very room who are are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You have been hosting him really well, and your assignment part B is to say yes to the Father, no matter what he's asking you. Your assignment is to say yes to the Father, because saying yes to the Father brings your kingdom come your will be done on earth this place as it is in heaven your yes may be restricting heaven from entering to this place your yes leads to kingdom come and that's what you're called to do that's your calling not about your profession. I don't care what you do for a living. Your assignment is to host him well and to say yes to the Father.